Welcome back to the Mason Rudolph Podcast. What up? Welcome back to the Buddy Boy Podcast. Coming at you on Friday, November 15th, 2019, following a very weird, I think a weird Thursday night football game. Don't you think, George? George was actually there. He got to enjoy it. I didn't know what was happening. Didn't know what was going on. Um, It's been less than a day, and a rough day at that, after the infamous last eight seconds. Big changes took place today that are going to considerably intensify the difficulty of the coming weeks. We'll talk about that shortly. Since the controversy on the field has had so much airtime and spin on all of our and all of our news feeds have been absolutely verifiably verifiably plastered with pictures of Miles Garrett's helmet swing, I'm gonna tuck it into the middle of the podcast. Uh, Miles himself said in his postgame interview that he doesn't think a great game should be overshadowed or marred in the last eight seconds. So that's how we're gonna run it. Alright, so let's talk about this game. Game overview. It was all touchdowns last night up on the lake. Both Hunt and Beckham reeled in long passes. Beckham's falling just short of the end zone, and Baker finishing the job with a one-yard run, making a 7-0. Four minutes into the first quarter. So with just under eight minutes to go in the first, the Steelers go wide left on a 44-yard field goal attempt and... And a miss. Yes. I had to feel good up there. I'd say, uh, oh yeah, um, I think it was so windy and so cold that, I mean, you saw... Yeah. Cybert, both the Cybert's kicks both went way left, way right. <laughs> way off. Ten minutes left in the second, Baker found a completely wide-open Landry for the second Browns touchdown of the night, bringing it to 14 nothing with 2.30 left in the half. Sherbert goes wide right, missing his first field goal of the season. I was honestly heartbroken. I yeah, like, I know. you had such a good streak. I know. Shit. Around the eight-minute mark of the third, Cleveland's Demarius Randall hit Steelers' Deontay Johnson in a clear helmet-to-helmet and was ejected for his play. Deontay also left the game with a concussion and he was bleeding from his ear. Bleeding from his ear. Gross. I just I just would like to uh, bring up um, <laughs> Heinz Ward, uh, dirty hit David Holly at the end of the play that ended his season with a concussion. Hmm. Um, that he that David Holly actually had to be hospitalized for. I think that was like in 2006 or seven. Oh, that's fun. So that's weird. So every time memory every line. time we that we turn and talk about injury, I'm going to take a, <laughs> a, just a second to point out uh, the Steelers headhunting era. Yeah. And. The reasons why I could give a shit le- could not give a shit less that there are so many injured Steelers players after last night. Which come to think of it, James Conner had already said he wasn't feeling at 100, percent so they can't even really blame us for yeah, the shoulder was, issue. Yeah, he was gonna get hit. I, he, like I, he was a couple hits away from going back on the injured yeah. list, so they just really wanted to play because it was a, you know, yeah. I don't know if he'll be back for because it's two weeks, right? Yeah. Two weeks. I don't know if he'll even be back. We'll see. I guess. Around five minutes left in the third, Steelers' Jalen Samuel slips up out of the backfield to pick up the first and only Steeler touchdown of the night. To close out the third, Sherbert goes even wider right to miss his second yep. field goal. Just under five and a half left to go in the game, Baker fired an absolute rocket right into the end zone, finding Steven Carlson, who turns out is a 22-year-old tight end who I didn't know existed. Who, yeah, apparently <laughs> plays on the Browns. Who knew? Oh, man, that was, that was so crazy. I could... Baker, I mean, I have to give Baker that. Our offensive line was horrible, but he evaded yeah. so many he times. He did. We do talk about that, um, just how that old Baker, who was so mobile, yeah, really came year. through. Oh, man, it was great. It did end 21-7, Browns over the Steelers. It was beautiful. Now, we got some moving parts here in this. Uh, Baker Mayfield throwing for 193 yards, again connecting with Landry and Carlson for a set of touchdowns. Completed 17 of 32 passes, which isn't fantastic by any means. Mm-hmm. But to get almost 200 yards and 17 good passes is impressive mm-hmm. for me, I think. 
And no interceptions after 32 no passes. No interceptions. This is Baker's third in a row with no interceptions. Mm-hmm. Even though he led, oh, he got 12? He was, he was, he was what? He had six touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Yeah. So now he's 11 and 12. So it's getting up there. He's almost feeling positive. better. Yeah. <laughs> feeling better. Oh, God. This is Baker's 24th uh, NFL game. And as of yet, he hasn't really returned to last year's intensity or last year's numbers. But watching last night's game, we do see little glimmers of that rookie Baker. He was mobile, much like he was last year. He was not afraid to run and make room where he needed it. Um, something that has arguably given Baker an edge, I mean across the board as we're seeing that with Lamar Jackson where if you're you're moving you almost don't need a lot of help <laughs> yeah because I mean his pocket collapsed so many times so many because times. I mean the playbook has stayed the same mm-hmm. but Baker has kind of been able to work around it because uh what, what was it um he just the long developing plays are still mm-hmm. in effect it's like Freddie Still hasn't learned his lesson. I'm still not sold on Freddie Kitchens as a coach. <laughs> still not there yet. Um, the fact that he beat Pittsburgh puts us in the right direction. I think we are. It shows that we are better than last year. Mm-hmm. Finally, it's showing that we're better than last year. Definitely. Because um, Pittsburgh, everyone's going to say that we just have bullshit, uh, bullshit easy wins. But Pittsburgh was a playoff contender until this game. <laughs> Let's not forget mm-hmm. that in everyone's eyes. So. I will say that Baker confuses the hell out of me. Some games he's on with those quick little bullet passes, mm-hmm. and some days he can't make those to save his life, but he can vomit 45 yards to somebody. Yeah, like, I, what are I don't know you, what man? I saw like yesterday because it was a, a simple comeback route mm-hmm. with Odell, and he fired like five, ten yards over his head. Same with Landry, he did that a bunch of times out of bounds. And can we talk about Hodge, Callaway's compl- uh, replacement, playing so much better <laughs> than him? Yeah. I totally didn't even talk about Callaway. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. You want to just say it? Yeah, Callaway is He's gone. gone after failing two drug tests. He's has on, a 10-game suspension. On the dunzo list. Mm-hmm. Dunzo. Nick Chubb racked up 27 carries for almost 100 yards. Mm-hmm. He stopped at, I think, 92 or 96. 92? He, still, he still reached 1,000 yards this He season, right? did. It was a little under par for his normal performance, but one of those plays, I'm not 100% sure which, um, allowed him to surpass 1,000 rushing yards, making him the first running back this year to reach that number. He now sits at 1,100 yards. We love him so much. Yep, yep. Gotta love the chub. You know who else I'm starting to love a lot? Hmm. Kareem Hunt. I know. <laughs> uh, Somewhere so along useful. the line, I tweeted that Kareem Hunt is perhaps the exact missing piece that the Browns have needed. Last week, we talked about him playing in conjunction with Chubb, making space, and allowing Chubb to gain valuable yardage. But at the same time, Hunt manages to f- just barely fill in the gaps. He carried six times for 12 yards, which isn't much until it's an impossibly vulnerable, or sorry, vulnerable, valuable 12 yards. I mean, he uh, he's getting those little ones in there. Oh, yeah, little bits also, that needed done. He's also shown what he did with Patrick Mahomes and these screens where he just find room and just power through. It's, oh, yeah. it's amazing. What really amazed me this week is that he's right behind Odell Beckham for the most yards gained um, from receptions. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. He had 46 on recept- receptions, of which he had six. Um, even beating out Jarvis Landry, who had 43. Jeez. This is Hunt's second game with us, and already he's gotten us a total of 90 receiving yards mm-hmm. um, sprinkled in here and there, so as well as 42 rushing. So the Browns needed a, kind of a, a versatile jack-of-all-trades kind of guy to make up the difference where the superstars fall short. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if he can get just a little bit closer, then, you know, it's not a huge play, but it's going to affect change at a lower level, 
that allows other guys to kind of build on top of that. Um, he's certainly affected the outcomes of these two games, I think. And I don't think he's ever going to be a big playmaker, but he's absolutely an important part oh, yeah. of this team. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So, so excited. <laughs> is it the time? Almost. Okay. We can... That we unleash the thoughts on that. The thoughts. Jarvis landed four receptions for 43 yards and one beautiful wide-open touchdown. Somebody forgot about him. Just yeah, but they... Run away with that. I saw that. I saw that. He, I saw him sneak right underneath. Like, I was like, he's open! <laughs> Odell Beckham finally reeling in some long passes. In four receptions today, uh, yesterday, Odell racked 60 yards, including one very close to being a touchdown, in which he slid into the end zone after hitting the ground. So ultimately, um, ultimately Odell has only secured one touchdown back in week two, and his catch percentage bounces all over the place. So like from the lowest, mm-hmm. um, I think it was the Baltimore, when we played Baltimore, he caught just two of seven passes directed his way, and the highest he pulled down five of six. So that means that he's got an average catch percentage of only about 49%, which is what we thought last week, that while he catches, you know, some some stuff, he misses just as many. So right. again, this is a short-term problem that I'm sure will be rectified with some off-season work and more work with Baker and getting to know one, you know, the, the, one, one another's timing and each other's styles. Yeah. So again, short-term problem. <clears throat> Sherbert missed two kicks. Fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I know last week I'm like, I love him. He's the new Phil Dawson. And then as soon as I openly praise somebody. I know. Face. It happens every time. That's the Browns. It's the Browns curse. That is the Browns curse. But, um. Now it's time. Some, oh, well, also before that, did you see what happened? Why that Jarvis Landry and, my, and Odell were yawning after making plays? I did, but I want you to explain that. Okay. So, <laughs> in the interview with Mike Tomlin, um, the reporter asked, uh, basically talking about like how are you, you know, how do you feel about going up against Odell Beckham and playmakers that the Browns have, and he yawned, did a yawning motion, and so after the first play, that huge, um, it was yeah, the huge play to Odell, um, Odell stood up and yawned, and then you just continued to see that every time Jarvis and Odell were, were making plays, that they kept looking over directly at Tomlin and yawning. Yawn. That was great. Cause I was, you kind of asked for that. When oh, you did yeah. That. Like, me and Levi were just like, what is that? What is that touchdown mm. celebration? But he just kept, yeah, oh, it's so great. Yep. Oh, God. So, on to a segment I've decided to call The Last Eight. Mm-hmm. It's time to talk about Miles Garrett in the last eight seconds of the game. Now, we have watched it a hundred times from every possible angle. We've thought about it, fought about it, but going forward up until we say otherwise, we're going to word our official statements with extreme prejudice because it's a complicated issue, one not yet seen in the NFL. We're going to explain exactly what we and the rest of the world saw and sort of talk about the emotions and stigma along with uh, the long history between the Browns and Steelers franchise that adds so many more layers to this controversy. A reminder from this point, we're only discussing what can be seen in the video from a number of angles. So after the snap in question, Miles Garrett makes contact with Mason Rudolph in less than two seconds. You know, most people, depending on who's timing it, say 1.75 seconds. Mason Rudolph does get rid of the ball at almost the exact same moment which uh, in which Garrett grabs him. Uh-huh. It's so close that I can't even time it, and the timing is incredibly important here because the first line of defense that people have tended to jump to, including Mason Rudolph's own agent, is that the hit was, quote, very late, when that does not seem to be the case. <clears throat> it took one more second after the initial contact for Miles Garrett to bring Mason Rudolph down. Again, the entire play occurs between this 8-second mark and the 5-second mark, meaning that none of this could be more than 3 seconds. 
So once on the ground, we have a close-up slowed down to look at the initial confrontation between the two. Mason Rudolph, upon hitting the ground, already has a hand on Miles Garrett's helmet. Uh, Mason Rudolph continues to try and get the helmet off um, until Miles is already up on one knee trying to back out of the fray, at which point Mason Rudolph loses his grip. Two Steelers, number 71, Matt Thaler? 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 I don't don't know, and we don't don't care. care. (laughs) (laughs) And number 66, David DeCastro, try to separate the two, dragging Miles Garrett up and away from Mason Rudolph. He delivers a kick to um, to Miles Garrett's groin. People have said that he was kicking, getting someone, another player, getting a player off him or something like that. I just don't buy it. At this point, Miles did get a hand in and around Mason Rudolph's face mask and pulled it away as DeCastro pulled him away. So now Mason Rudolph is laying out there without a helmet. At this point, DeCastro and Matt, we'll call him Matt, (laughs) have pushed Miles back, and Mason Rudolph gets back on his feet, going after Miles a second time as DeCastro has a grip on the front of Miles' jersey. Two people, two people grab, Mm -hmm. when two people are grabbing you and you see a third person, what do you expect? You're going to swing, and it was just (laughs) convenient enough that Miles had Rudolph's helmet. That's right, Miles Garrett then swings Rudolph's own helmet back at him, striking him in the head. Rudolph doesn't go down, and rather throws his hands up at a nearby referee. Then Larry Ogunjobi <laughs> Two goes things... in not, and knocks Rudolph on his ass. Exactly. Two things happen simultaneously at this moment. The first is that defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi flies up out of nowhere and shoves Mason Rudolph, knocking him to the ground. While this is happening, Miles Garrett is taken down by DeCastro, as well as Steelers number 30, oh, sorry, 53, Pouncey. Marquise Pouncey. Marquise Pouncey. He punches Garrett in the face twice during the takedown, and once Miles is already down underneath DeCastro, continues pummeling and kicking him. That is essentially the three-part breakdown of this event. The initial tackle and the aggression from Mason Rudolph, Garrett's strike with the helmet, and then the brutalizing of uh, Miles once he's down. Now, after that, chaos broke out so fast, and I'm sure is being reviewed in depth by officials everywhere. Um, Matt gets in the face of Ogunjobi, while Brown's Devereux Lawrence and Chad Thomas are seen going after DeCastro. It becomes a shoving match in the end zone, with Miles still on the ground in the middle of all of it. After he pops up, there are words exchanged between the teams as well as officials, and the fight is broken up. Now, responses vary. Like a lot. Oh, yeah, there's like... (laughs) It's almost political at this point. Oh, There's yeah. so many different just uh, opinions. Yeah. <laughs> um, right away in post-game interviews, Freddie, Kinch- Freddie Kitchen, Baker Mayfield, and Miles Garrett all claimed that the swing and the strike with the helmet was unprecedented, unexcus- inexcusable, and uncalled for. Baker Mayfield, in particular, grabbed before leaving the field, and he was looking particularly demoralized during this interview. It was sad. You really hate to see it out of Baker. He just had nothing in him. Because him and Mason are friends, so that's why. When uh, asked about his thoughts and feelings watching the fight unfold, Baker claimed not to have seen where it started, which isn't really uncommon for anybody that was physically present at the game, since it happened quickly, no slow-mo, no instant replay. Baker goes on to condemn Miles Garrett's actions, quote, it's inexcusable, I don't care, rivalry or not, we can't do that. He knows that, at least I hope he does now. Later on in a post-game press conference, Baker and Freddie both responded with um, the same thing. Miles can gain his respect back, handling it like a man, blah, blah, blah. And Freddie, quote, that's not who we want to be, that's not who Miles wants to be, and that's not who we're going to be. I'm embarrassed, Miles is embarrassed, and it's not good. I am posting the links to the full responses from Baker, Freddie, and Mason Rudolph, in his post-game interview, um, he calls Miles Garrett's actions cowardly, bush league, while rejecting most of his questions, inviting interviewers to watch the, the footage instead of 
explaining what happened. Um, interestingly enough, Mason Rudolph claims he was sacked. But it's like, you really weren't, though. Like, if it, it was a late hit, uh, yeah, how could but you be sacked? How could you be sacked? Like, it's, that's the thing, though, is like, mm-hmm. you don't, he doesn't even, that's just, it's, that goes to show that he didn't care about what the play was nope. or what actually happened. It's just that he saw, he wanted, like, as someone commented, he wanted to smoke and then realized <laughs> that it's Miles Garrett. Yeah. And, I mean, even <laughs> the fact that Miles even whopped your ass when you're even, when he's even getting held back by two people mm-hmm. is insane to me. Yeah. Now, our official response, George, if I say anything that you don't agree with, do let me know, but I wrote it out um, in a way that kind of, I hope, exemplifies who we are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... The Buddy Boy Podcast obviously does not and cannot condone what Miles Garrett did. While football is inherently dangerous, violent sport where emotions run incredibly high, Miles Garrett is a professional and should not have lost his composure in a professional setting. We don't think for one second that this is reflective of Miles Garrett as a person or a player, um, or the Cleveland Browns as an organization. We at the Buddy Boy Podcast are obviously thankful that nobody was injured, and we understand and respect the decision to suspend Miles Garrett. Uh, we hope that this doesn't follow him into next season or off the field in the form of legal action or criminal charges. We as fans expect the best from our players and our organization, and also expect the best from the NFL in the form of investigation and appropriate action taken against all involved parties. We're confident that Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph, and their respective teams will learn a lot from the situation and come out to the better, uh, better the other side. That's what we think and should say. That's our official That's our, our, our official, official statement. Now things are about to get real unofficial, so yeah. buckle the fuck up. The <laughs> fact of the matter is, while Miles Garrett allowed himself to be goaded into a fight, Mason Rudolph is by no means innocent. Exactly. It was the, his if he wasn't such a pussy in the post game interview, things would have been a lot different. Oh yeah. But because I know it's the he the moment, but to, to be it's like it's almost like when a kid starts a fight. He's in high school. He starts a fight. He he pushes someone something because the other kid did something that he didn't like. And that kid starts the fight. The other kid then proceeds to beat the shit out of the kid that starts the fight. Because he wrote a check he couldn't cash. Exactly. And then that kid gets up and says that he was bullied. Yeah. That is what Mason Rudolph did. That's exactly what he did. Despite what he would like the media and fans to think, it is completely, inarguably clear from the video that he is the initial aggressor. A lot of people want to play hypothetical. Well, what if Miles Garrett had hit Rudolph in just the right spot? What if he'd really hurt him? What if, what if, what if? I've got one. I've got one, if we're going to play that game. What if Mason Rudolph had gotten that helmet off first? Exactly. What was he planning to do to Miles Garrett that he had to get that helmet off so damn bad? Exactly. It really makes you wonder. We're seeing, uh, what we're seeing is that Mason Rudolph was frustrated all game and was about to lose to his rival and lashed out without realizing who the fuck he was dealing with. Exactly. (laughs) The old saying... Wrong. <laughs> Is this where you picked the wrong man? Wrong man. The old saying remains true. If you're going to hit the king, you better be goddamn sure you kill him. Exactly. Because, <laughs> I mean, Miles took that helmet off his head like it was his son. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, man. Like, that was just crazy. What bothers me the most is just, I mean, obviously, how innocent he's playing it. Yeah, I just can't believe that. He was just like, we both, like, if he, if he just said that it was wrong, but we both, like, you know, mm-hmm. got the worst of him. Because he's putting himself on a pedestal saying, like, basically, he's, he's almost acting like he was professional. Exactly. That. He's like, well, Miles Garrett, he had some words. He was, he was doing this. I'm like, what about you? Exactly. What about you? Exactly. Honestly... 
last night, I maybe you guys saw it on our Twitter, uh, Steelers fans came after us talking shit about how classless the Browns are. But answer me this, who has more class? The man that reacted poorly, owned up, and apologized, or the man that initiated the aggression, got his ass beat, and then pretends to cry, like, pretends to cry in front of the camera. Exactly. It's like, come on, we see you, we know what you did, and so do you. Exactly. Miles Garrett made a mistake, but he's still many times over the man that Mason Rudolph will ever be, particularly if you push forward in suing him or trying to bring criminal charges. Yeah, that'll be just some bitch shit if he does that. Which I don't I know. Not the case. But like it, but like I said in my tweet, you're telling me that just because that the reason to in my opinion, in my opinion, since Mason Rudolph doesn't fit the thug narrative which so many people want to put on NFL players after a fight, mm-hmm. which, in my opinion, I put myself in a lot of their shoes, and I would have, I, a lot of the time, I would have probably done the same thing, because you just, when you have a temper, you just let it go, mm-hmm. and since Mason Rudolph is a pretty white boy, he looks like he went to Stanford, <laughs> he, he is just, he, he he's just going to be innocent, it's, it's, we've seen it so many times. I saw um, an article today posted by Atlanta Black Star on Facebook that even though a huge number of people were involved, thus far only black players have been fine and suspended. So that is another pretty good point. It's just we constantly see this kind of thing. It's just annoying. Where goody-faced white boy is just automatically not a problem. Exactly. Okay. That's we'll a, see. That's, yeah, that's just, that's just annoying to me. But, um... I don't know. I just I don't know how to articulate it that well, but just the, just I've seen I've been watching the Browns since probably 2005, and I've seen Steelers players hospitalized our teams and injure our teams, and mm-hmm. all our and injure like five players a game, and and that's what that's another thing that all the Steelers fans are saying how we uh, oh congrats on beating an injured team, and I'm like I don't know. It's just you just can't use that excuse when you're a "Quote unquote playoff team." Exactly. Um, the defense was completely healthy; they were fine. Um, it's just—I don't know. The whole thing is just such a shitty situation because it's gonna—it's gonna overshadow our win. But at the same time, I don't know. I just—I just think that this is this is payback for all the years of the Steelers headhunting. Mm-hmm. We headhunted, but it was in the wrong era. <laughs> wrong era of football. Amen to that. So. Um, Fuck to, you, James Harrison. Exactly. Oh, Fuck yes. You. So put it in perspective. Uh, people like fuckhead idiot clown man Antonio Brown tweeted out his support for Mason Rudolph alongside the image of him stomping the face of Brown's punter Spencer Lanning five years ago, which, fun fact, was called unnecessary roughness. And that was it? That was it. No, no, uh, I don't think any fines or nope. anything happened after that. Because once again, when the script is flipped and the, it's the Browns getting headhunted and assaulted and cracked and concussed, it's all a big joke. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious when big for Mayfield gets no justice, not even a flag on a helmet-to-helmet hit last year. It's all laughs when James Harrison, famed and noted Steelers headhunter, went after Colt McCoy, Josh Cripps, and Muhammad Masakoy with vicious helmet-to-helmet knockout hits mm. in one game mm. with no... no And all he said was, that's how I was taught to hit, exactly. and no one cared. That was back so. in December 2011. He never missed a snap. Mm-hmm. All three knockout headshots. Um, it's no big deal, right? In a Post-Gazette article from 2017, the Brown Steelers season opener was riddled with unnecessary roughness calls on the Steelers after a number of hits against the re- then-rookie quarterback, Deshaun Kaiser. And at the same time, um, during the same game, J.J. Wilcox drew a flag for a headshot on Corey Coleman, who was not unconscious while scoring a touchdown. 
So do you know what they called uh, this this kind of behavior in that article? Mm-hmm. They called it big hit mentality that's part of the Steelers' DNA. So here's the thing, motherfuckers. The oh, North remembers. God. You can't play dirty for years and years and years and think exactly. it's funny and then question the spirit and identity of the Cleveland Browns when the script gets flipped. Exactly. You can't do that shit. Exactly. That's, uh, that's That was put, yeah, it's put so perfectly. Like, <laughs> you just... I wish I could feel sorry, like, honestly, because I know Juju, James Conner, mm-hmm. all of them have not Deontay Johnson had nothing to do with the old Steelers, but I'm sorry, but sometimes the fucking, the script just gets flipped, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys are caught on the wrong side, and you're paying for something that other people have done, but I'm sorry, that's just, that's just what happens sometimes, and I am 100% in support of the Browns. I don't condone what Miles Garrett did, but I'm pro Miles Garrett. I will never be pro Mason Rudolph. I hate the Steelers. But my after last night, even more of just I think it reunited the rivalry because mm-hmm. I hate them. Like for a little bit, you were we were losing touch. Yeah. Because we were just getting the shit kicked out of us every single year. They played fair, they played them dirty, and they'd win, and nobody would bat an eye. Nope. And oh, it was just the shitty Browns. So I'm sorry, but we're taking a new precedent. Mm-hmm. I hope the Browns are kicking the shit out of them every single year. So Steelers fans, I, it's a new time is coming. Amen to that. And, and I'm glad Mason Rudolph isn't suspended because he's probably just going to throw four more fucking picks come two weeks mm-hmm. because he's a garbage quarterback. You guys are a garbage franchise that supports a rapist at quarterback just because he wins Super Bowls. And he was he wins the Super Bowl, you know, everything's fine. Everything's forgiven. It's mm-hmm. just like the L.A. mentality with Kobe. So honestly, I'm 100% still a Browns fan not embarrassed at all nope great win last night that won't change yeah exactly this will not overshadow a hell of a win a record breaking win I mean like Freddie Kitchens was saying we've never beat Baltimore and the Steelers in the same year Mm -hmm. holy shit so we've got that going for us already exactly now Miles Garrett, two and all in the division, which I guess also probably has never happened. Yeah. <laughs> Miles Garrett has of course been suspended indefinitely. Uh, he'll need to be uh, meet with Roger Goodell before being allowed to return. Um, he had a chance to address his teammates today before he vacated the premises, as he's not permitted in or on Cleveland Browns property, including but not limited to the practice field, home office, or stadium. Uh, Freddie Kitchens was asked in a phone interview, which I did catch the last few minutes of today, what Miles said and if he apologized. Freddie declined to share mostly what he did say, that there is some intense remorse. And that just really speaks volumes to me about who Miles Garrett is as a person. It's crazy. So he's going to come back better. This is like the first time I feel like um, in the history, like um, I feel like almost in the history of sports where a fan favorite, a really even-tempered guy is the one who gets in this mm-hmm. humongous trouble. Like that's why everyone was so surprised walking out. I thought Ogan Joby was the one right. who struck him with his helmet. Because <laughs> Ogan Joby's a tough dude. It's one. It's you have that underdog mentality where you're not really known. And he's clearly a little spitfire because I didn't even know he was on the field before he came in. Mason just, Rudolph shit. Oh, that was great. And then oh, Mason Rudolph man. falls on the ground and goes, "Bitch." Ugh. That's so funny. That's something. Like I said, that's something like a uh, little frat boy would say at a party <laughs> so when, he gets, when he gets pushed over. <laughs> now, George, if you had to pick, what would Mason Rudolph? Because they did just say recently that. Though the uh, the ruling came much much later than the three initial players that Mason Rudolph will be fined an undisclosed amount. Is that enough? What do you think should happen? Um, I honestly I feel like he should be at least suspended for next week, even though it doesn't matter. It sucks because the the Browns and the Steelers both play cupcake teams next week. We play Miami, they play Cincinnati. Mm. So essentially, it's gonna. I have a feeling that we're both gonna win and going into next week. Um. 
So it's just going to be the same thing. Uh, basically, the same records as now, just a both. It's a win in you know both columns for each team. And so the Steelers are probably going to be six and five. We're going to be five and six. And then, but if we beat the Steelers the upcoming week, we're both six and six, and it's second place in the AFC North. So Baltimore is kind of really high up there right now. We're just kind of working for a wild card. They're kind of lofty at this point. I think yeah. they've, they've run away with it, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely have gotten first place. But second is definitely up for grabs. And um, the Steelers and the Browns schedule all coming up is um, essentially just cupcake teams. Besides, mm-hmm. we both play the Ravens, though. Yeah. So there's both one really tough game for each of us. But we play the Cardinals and the Bengals, um, I believe, twice. I'll, I'll have to check and, of the course, Miami Dolphins on the, let me look at the calendar, 24. So mm-hmm. that's, you can just chalk that up right now. Exactly. <laughs> Now, we did lose a couple of players. Um, I haven't done a full workup on that yet. I'll post more about it later. We lost uh, somebody to an Achilles tendon. Was it Burnett? Yeah, Morgan Burnett with an interception last night. But, uh, yeah, they're they're waiting to see and come back on that. If it is a strain or a sprain or a tear, if it's a tear, he's going to be gone for the season, frankly, and that's shitty, and we don't want that. So when that comes back, we'll post that on the Twitter, the Facebook page, shit like that. (sighs) I think he at least, Mason Rudolph, should at least be suspended maybe one week up to three um without him there and his stupid frustrated hissy fit there was no fight mm, so exactly. without him and i understand i know everybody's gonna say miles did it late it's unintentional you're up by two touchdowns you don't but when you're a cleat but the thing is a miles has the browns mentality where we could lose at any second of the game mm-hmm. so he continued to drive through and honestly that's what we, if Say that say Miles Garrett takes off that play and Mason Rudolph throws a huge touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Everybody's gonna be like, "Well, they took off the play because they they already said that they had a one. Mm-hmm. They already had a one. They they in their in their heads. That's just what you can't do. He played until the final whistle, which is what you're supposed to. Do. It's literally his job to bring quarterbacks down. Especially when you're Brown when when you've seen Browns football like mm-hmm. we have, exactly. where at any time we could lose, and especially against the Steelers. They they have they've had so many comebacks, so many heartbreaks, yeah. so many times. Chubby little George would be like, "I hate this team, exactly. you guys," because exactly. they would just it would be the final seconds and we would fucking lose. Exactly. It was the worst. So I can so 100% this new mentality, understand. I do enjoy, but it's, <laughs> it was just an unfortunate situation. See, Miles Garrett, I think he he really started to be far more physical, but now he's got to put a cap. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we'll see what ends up happening. He definitely has. An, crazy more physical this year and I can definitely tell he's got a little bit more swag than he did last year and the year before but uh I don't know I'm so still pro, pro Garrett I would recommend following him on Twitter to kind of follow his emotional journey here because obviously he's hurting and it's gonna mm-hmm. because he didn't just hurt his own career he hurt his team and it's mm-hmm. gonna be kind of rough I think it's gonna intensify some problems that we already have but and I don't think he's gonna be out of the NFL no and I pray to God that he's that he stays a brown and we work mm-hmm. him through everything because I the last thing I want to see is a headline that's Miles Garrett is released because everyone on earth every NFL team is going to be able to jump is going to jump on it Amen. and then all of his sins are going to be forgiven and he's going to be good for a different team which you yeah. might as well have him be good for your team might as well wait it out yeah, exactly get him through it yes you're not paying him anyway exactly you might as well just keep him on and he's not a trouble player like Josh Gordon who's it's no. just going to keep happening this is going to be a one-time thing, he's going to reform, and, you know, he might get into a couple more scurries, but it's going to be nothing to this magnitude, so. Right. I think that it's certainly going to be a learning experience at the very least. 
exactly. So, but yes, we're still pro Miles. Still don't think that he. It's just it's so complicated, particularly with the history behind it. I mean, it's 20, 30 years of history behind that one hit. And it's a classic situation where we don't know until you're in their shoes. And honestly, mm-hmm. I know someone who has a temper that if I am getting, getting my helmet fucked with, I, you know, you're just, and football's a violent game. The testosterone is already through the roof. And at the end of the game, it's the Steelers, it's the rivalry week. I know it's not an excuse, but I feel like you have to put yourself in those shoes before. And we've all had moments where we're just like, oh, it's the heat of the moment. It, mm-hmm. was, it was the situation. It was the circumstance. So Much of what I was tweeting was in the heat of the moment. Yeah, and then you same. step back. You're like, all right, calm down. Yeah, exactly. Let's look at the facts. Oh, same. I was just like, <laughs> I was screaming. I was I was just like, God, I'm glad I hit him. I was going to say, you were there. So you were probably like already in the big frothy flurry of, you know, emotion mm-hmm. and intensity. And the, yeah. Oh, yeah. My t- I was I was hyped up big time. Levi texted me from the bathroom. He's like, it's so warm in here. I never want to leave. Yeah, I know. We were, so was it cold? It was so chilly. I got to uh, remember because Megan is about to buy me and her tickets for the Miami game. So um, I'm going to have to bundle up hardcore. Put some gloves on her. Yeah. Levi's like, I don't even think I was prepared. I'm like, did you wear a coat? Did he wear a coat? Yeah, he wore a coat. Okay, I had let's see, I had a Carhartt shirt on, which is, which is usually pretty thick Supposed fibers. To, yeah. I had... Um, this jacket, currently a jacket I'm wearing, and then my jersey, and then another jacket. I had I had four layers, and I'm still, <laughs> still fucking freezing. Cold. It was only supposed to be about 36, which isn't too bad, but it, with By the, the wind on the lake, it was felt like 27. Oh, yeah. That's why all the field goals were missing, too. Because yeah. that, that second one that Siebert, Siebert, Sherbert kicked, it was going right down the road, and then... I, I, it's, like, I know, it just went. It went. It just got blocked by the freaking wind. But notable. Okay, so this is this is the because because obviously now you want to talk about Sunday. Well, I well now I'm I'm looking ahead to the second place in the AFC North. So oh, I see. What I'm looking at right now, it's crazy that after that game, that our eyes are mostly on the Steelers and the Steelers' eyes are on us right now. So, um, <clears throat> Steelers play the Bengals this week. We play the Dolphins. Who I can't since for the Browns we're missing so many players I can't guarantee a win. Oh, but I that. have to because the Dolphins are on the up they have them playing better football. Oh boy. But I can't I can't hundred percent say it's a W because the Browns have let us down before. We can beat <laughs> we can beat. I mean at the same time we have never this year we have never catastrophically played horrible against a team like because the Broncos have a good defense and all that and that's, that's against a team that doesn't. Exactly. I'd say I'd say the Broncos are probably the biggest example, only and biggest example of that. So, um, I'd say that was it. That was the most surprising thing. But that's because we went in there with that mentality that oh, you know what is it? <laughs> um, mistakes on the lake posted. I now understand why the Browns use a helmet as their logo. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm glad we can laugh about it because I know. I was feeling really. Weird. I just think it's getting blown out of proportion. They're acting like Miles, and if, honestly, it's it's a whole it's the whole other it's it's low key the whole thing where oh he's a big black thug he could have killed somebody, mm-hmm. and wh- whoever knows uh, Miles Garrett knows that he's not he doesn't have that mentality whatsoever. Marquise Pounce, on the other hand, looks like he's kind of used to uh, ground stomping and punching someone. So. Okay, so after this week, so we, a game we should win, mm-hmm. both Steelers and Browns should win. So say they do, they meet again. 
in Pittsburgh, sadly. I wish we would have beat Pittsburgh. It beat them in Pittsburgh right off the bat, but I'll take, obviously, 100% you're going to take a win, no matter what. Mm. And then week 14 comes, the deciding of that game, which I'm hoping it's the Browns. So then we're 6-6. Six and six. Steelers and Browns, 6-6. Six and six. The Cupcake teams restart. We play the Bengals. <laughs> and the Steelers play the Cardinals. Who, honestly, I could see the I could honestly see the Cardinals giving them somewhat of a fight. Really? The Steelers. So the Cardinals, they're they're I don't know they're they're not a good team, but they're a team that if you fuck around and mess up and throw mm. four interceptions like Mason Rudolph had, you know, mm. prone to do, you could fuck around and lose that game. And then the following week the Browns play the Cardinals, and the Steelers they play. Let's see the Bills. And I don't know how I feel about the Bills. The Bills are kind of one week they could be great, the next week they could be horrible. Their their defense is really good. Um, so any defense that's that any team that's a solid defense and isn't completely horrible can definitely make Rudolph uncomfortable and fuck him up basically. Except for the Rams, Jared Goff is just so horrible. <laughs> and week week sixteen is where it gets a little hairy. Um, the Browns play the Ravens, which is you know. A little, a little bit of a, a challenge. A little bit. And then the Steelers play the Jets. Cupcake. Um, week 17, though, the Steelers will be playing Baltimore, I'm pretty sure. Let me see. I'm pretty sure they do. Do they? They have to. I don't see their logo. Yep, Steelers Ravens. Okay, so they do. I do see how the league did the schedule. It kind of balances out because then we play the Bengals again. It's like it's like cupcake team, hard team, cupcake team. So we, I'd say we only have one hard game left. So the Browns could definitely end the season nine and seven. Not and impossible. Honestly, it would be insane if the Steelers and the Browns. It's it's possible though. Okay. The way that schedule looks, it's very possible. If they both lose against Baltimore, the one team that they should both lose to, and beat the rest of the teams that they should be beating, they both could end up nine and seven, which is crazy. But that's if Cleveland beats them in Pittsburgh. <laughs> so. To consider. Yeah. So that is crazy. I I don't know how it's gonna pan out, but I don't know. Want to go over uh, what's coming on Sunday, Monday, and then we'll we'll close it out. Right? Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> 1 p.m. on Fox this Sunday, November 17th. You can watch the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Cowboys, the Lions. George, you, you feeling feeling anything about those teams? What is it? Falcons at Panthers and Cowboys at the Lions. Oh, uh, I mean the Panthers. You gotta watch for Kyle Allen. He's he's actually pretty solid and taking Cam Newton's job. Which I never thought a I never thought a six foot skinny ass white kid would be taking a six six athletic ass black man's job in in professional sports. But but here we are. Here we are. <laughs> um, and what's the other game? Cowboys at Lions on Fox. Uh, I don't know the Lions. Oh Stafford, I think is still injured. Honestly, it. I keep thinking in my brain that the Lions are bad because of their own 16 game, like mm, season, so whatever year that was. But honestly, I think they probably at least give them a fight. Yeah, I think they'll, get, they'll give them a fight. The Cowboys have been. I think the biggest, the team that is the biggest pretender right now with an okay record is the Cowboys. Mm. So if they don't win this game, they're they are in pretty in pretty deep shit because they'll be five and five, right? Yeah. I mean, if they lose. You got a. Also on Sunday at 1 p.m., Jaguars at Colts, Bills at Dolphins. Jags at Colts? I don't think Jacoby Brissett's playing. Never mind. All right. Um, Brian Hoyer, <laughs> if Brian Hoyer starts that game. I 
remember that name. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yes, they hit. Yep, he's playing for the Colts now. <laughs> also, at 1 p.m. on Sunday, Texans at Ravens and Broncos at Vikings. You can watch all four of those on CBS. Fox is also hosting uh, Jets at Redskins, Saints at Bucks, and Cardinals at 49ers. You said Jets at Redskins? Yes, I did. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Honestly, I, the rest of the season for the Redskins is kind of about the win. If Dwayne Haskins can uh, not be garbage. What are the Giants playing? I'm not seeing them on here. It might be their bye week. I'm it's a bye week. Um, Cardinals at 49ers again at 405. At 425 on CBS, Bengals at Raiders. That's going to be a just that's going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. And uh, also at 425, Patriots Eagles. Nobody's going to care. Uh, Sunday night football. Not yet. Um, yeah, Sunday night 820, oh, Bears at Rams. Two Good luck to two, the Bears. Honestly. Battle of two mediocre team. I can I can. I'm not going to say root for the Bears, but at least hope that the Bears could pull this one out considering the fact that we don't play them this year. Yeah, so <laughs> Bears, honestly, I do like, I, for some reason, I just hate the Rams. I just think they're such pretenders. Yeah. Monday night, October 18th, 8.15 p.m. on ESPN, Chiefs and Chargers. Mm-hmm. And that's what your Week 11 and, is looking uh, like. Oh, did you say the Ravens, Texans? Yeah. Okay, that's the game. That is that's, the only that's good the game. game. That is the only good game. The one that you're going to want to watch. You probably will Exactly. We probably won't do a, um, what's it called? podcast after that one, but we probably will have to do one at some point, considering we don't play against the I'd say, yeah. So we'll Odds update you. Suck. We, have, we, have, we have a little bit to go before oh, yeah. the next. I, I feel pretty good about that, actually, because of everything that That's has to, to we, settle we to have, the bottom. We do have, it's a longer week. Yeah. Yep, so we, we have a longer time to get everything together. Um, I still can't believe Callaway got cut, which is crazy, which I'm, I mean, I'm glad about. Um, but the thing is, I thought that was going to bring more snaps for Rashard Higgins, and it did not. So, I'm getting a little bit of annoyed with Freddie's playbook. Um, I don't know. I just don't understand why he's not using Higgins, what he has against Higgins. I don't know. It's confusing. He used him last year all the time. It's not like he's a brand new head coach. I don't know. So, yeah. Thanks for listening to the Mason Rudolph podcast. Mason Rudolph's Helmet podcast. <laughs> So I think that's all our talking points for today. We managed to clear what is this? Maybe 45, 42 minutes, which is pretty crazy. Oh, this is this is a good tweet. Yes. Just just was tweet about just just popped up my timeline. Tweet about seven hours ago, but this is someone said I watched James Harrison decapitate Browns players for nine seasons. Media laughed. Heinz Ward, the crackback block legend. Media laughed. A B Sparta kicked the punter. Media laughed. Never seen the national media so concerned before mm-hmm. because the guy is wearing a Browns jersey. Mm-hmm. I mean, that says it all right there. There's... So, fuck the Steelers, fuck the media. I like that the world's against us. It's Cleveland Browns against the world right now. And you know what? It's kind of where it's where we thrive. And I think that we've got a, a quarterback who thrives under hate. So, he's going to do well and we're going to be all right. So, I, I'm i confident for the rest of the season. I still say 8-8. Eight eight. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, I, I still think eight and eight, nine and seven is nine and seven is great. Ten and six is ideal. Um, <laughs> we'll see. If we, if we win ten, if we go ten and six, we I think I think we're guaranteed a wild card spot. I'm pretty sure. I think so. Yeah, because we'll, we act, at this point we want the Ravens to be as dominant as possible and be that number one seed because if they fall back mm-hmm. in seeds, then we lose right. our chance at a wild card. So if they're the number one seed, then we have a chance at a wild card. So let's hope that they they stay dominant. Um, <clears throat> because I remember the one year 
Oh, yeah, it was the Browns and the Steelers. We both went 10-6, but they had a better divisional record. Mm-hmm. So they were declared in the playoffs in the wild card. So, yeah. A lot to consider, a lot to unpack, especially now with added layers of um, what's it called? intrigue mm-hmm. and Lots of intrigue and uh, <laughs> But, yeah, so essentially I'm still saying fuck Christian Rudolph. Yep. I hope he plays week, whatever the fuck it is, in two weeks. Um, I honestly think that our defense just knows him, mm-hmm. and uh, we know how to give it under skin. And so I'm glad that we do. Yeah. Because tell you what, there at the end when they started coming unglued, let's see, he missed a short pass, and then second one was almost intercepted, delay of game, and then he threw an interception. So when you get under his skin, that boy cannot do shit. Exactly. So I like the fact I know it's gonna be in Pittsburgh, but I just I have a feeling that we're gonna cream him. I hope so. I think we're gonna beat the snot of him. They don't have their best offensive lineman against because he's out for three weeks with penalty. Nice. Um, <clears throat> so it's going to be a weaker line. Um, honestly, I know it kind of evens out because we don't have Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. We will have Ogunjobi. He has a one-game suspension. Right. So we so will we have Ogunjobi. Have so I know it's going to be uh, it's going to be a pretty big hole to fill because I haven't seen a game without Miles Garrett. And this is going yeah, this is going to be his third year. Mm-hmm. So I think he's played. He might have been injured a couple of games, but um, this is going to be the long. Obviously, the longest stretch he's going to be out yeah. for. Um, so it's just going to be some tough shoes to fill. I'll have to read on who is going to be taking that spot. Yeah, at this point, all Freddie really had to say about it was, we, we have guys, they'll step up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I, I hope so. I, hope I so. think that's, you know. Still have a great defense. Still have, <clears throat> um, Demarius was just kicked out for that game, right? Demarius ran off recent. There's no yeah. longer suspension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, honestly, Garrett is the only guy that's missing. We have all the pieces. I mean, he wasn't. I mean, he was. He was definitely a disturbance, but he wasn't even the biggest piece of defense right. that night. Joe Schobert was the man, and he will be. He looks like the Steelers' kryptonite, and he'll be back mm-hmm. uh, Sunday in two weeks. So. Amen to that. We will keep you posted if anything else changes, any other roster changes, any other suspensions that come through. Doubt it. If they. Uh... Yeah, I don't think. I don't think Garrett's suspension is going to be any longer because I think all of this is going to cool off, and they're going to be like, okay, it was even a little harsh that we let him throughout. The, you know, out of the season. That was something interesting, and if, buddies, if you're out there, I do have one last thing that I need fact-checked desperately, and that was a tweet that came through um, stating the rules regarding the use of a helmet as a weapon. Now, the player may not use a helmet that is no longer worn by anyone as a weapon to strike, swing, at, or throw at an, op- at an opponent. The penalty for that, for illegal use of a helmet, according to this, was a loss of 15 yards and an automatic disqualification. If the foul is by the defense, it is an automatic first down. So, if anybody can figure that out and see if that's legit, then Miles Garrett needs to appeal the suspension. Mm-hmm. He's got three if days to do if it. If there's a rule that's already... Because he's already appealing it. Okay, good. Um, uh, I don't know if he's lost already. I thought I saw something, but I don't think. Um, that'd be kind of quick. Cause, I yeah. mean, I saw that like five hours ago. Um, but... Uh, if it's in the rule book and that's all it is, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you suspend them games, it shouldn't be the entire season. Right. And thank God this game's only six games left. So. Insanely lucky on that one, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but an indefinite suspension can mean a lot of things. We'll keep you posted because that, you know. But I think George is right. I think by the time this season ends and things kind of cool down in the offseason, we'll see Miles Garrett back to the snap. Mm-hmm. First snap of 2020. So, um. Anything else, Georgie? Nope, that's it. And the way we're going to end it is obviously the man, the bane of the existence of the Browns from last night. Fuck you, 
Mason Rudolph. Fuck you, Mason Rudolph. And Pouncy. And Pouncy. <laughs> and you know what? And Colin Coward. And Colin Coward. <laughs> and Tony Grossi. And Mike Tomlin. Antonio Brown. Tony Grossi. Fuck them all. Especially Pouncy. Oh, yeah. All right. Keep it cool, buddies. See you around.